Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. Monday evening when I went to the vigil, would that be the word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was impressive. There was a lot of people. There was a, there was a lot of uh, care and concern that you could feel. Uh, and there was a, f- a number of people who spoke from the Muslim uh, community. Uh, women, men, uh, queer people spoke. And um, what I heard was um, expressions of uh, appreciation for people showing up. A lot of uh, white people were there, uh, anglophones, francophones, and this was uh, touching to um, to the people who were speaking. And um, so they were expressing expressing appreciation and. Uh, sorrow and uh, there were also what I've heard I think from everyone who spoke and there was maybe uh, close to a dozen people who spoke from different associations women's associations and uh, Arab associations and different voices Uh, no elected uh, people they said this is the voice of the the citizens so And uh, from every one of them, what I heard was these things that I mentioned, but also an invitation for uh, an examen de conscience, like what would be the word in English, for a deep inquiry, self-inquiry, and collective inquiry into what uh, what, uh, maybe as, uh, what parts maybe had supported something like this happening in our society um, questioning also how we m- how we might contribute to uh, islamophobia and uh, I, I heard that and it seemed very right to actually have these um, to, uh, to do this inquiry uh, maybe continue this inquiry or begin this inquiry and uh, and just check in even if uh, as an See how you're reacting as I'm speaking. Uh, even if you have your idea done, made on this, you know, that's the spirit <coughs> of mindfulness. Is it's curious, it's calm, balanced, and curious. It can it can, it can, it can take in uh, questions and go and see, you know, what's true or not. And so, uh, to me, also, what appeared as I was listening was the how the skill or science or art of mindfulness was so required to do this task was the actual best tools. Um, when we talk about mindfulness, um, it's kind of um, it's, it's, a, it's a word or a phrase or it's something that points to something very big. It's not just mindfulness. When I hear mindfulness, to me it's a set of practices and, and mostly a set of qualities that are uh, developed through the practice. And so it's mindfulness, it's that 
a little bit more generous attention, not just superficial attention, not just, yeah, yeah I know, I know, I know. There is, we have to take care of it, or there isn't, it's not a problem, you know. It's not like this, it just pauses. It pays attention, hold on, what are you saying? Might be something I haven't seen, I haven't noticed, I haven't heard, I haven't taken in, tuned in for, you know. So it's this pausing, and it comes with, uh, as I say, a lot of, uh, or more and more, stability of mind, the capacity to look and question and not be uh, uh, triggered. Today I was having an exchange with somebody who was saying, uh, you know, but in Quebec City we're really nice people. And I was saying, yeah, <laughs> yes, and there's something happening because some people from the Muslim community said something happening when I get inside the a bus in Quebec City and, and I often the, the drivers will be listening to the what we call Radio Poubelle in Quebec City it's these uh, radio shows that are very very uh, have strong opinions they do a lot of amalgamation very easily uh, and so this person from this community was saying when I go in the buses in Quebec I often feel a little uncomfortable because I hear this in the bus, and it's uh, it makes me unsafe. You know, it makes me wonder who am I, what's happening. You know, and so this person was saying to me, "No, we're nice people in Quebec. It's a beautiful city." You know, <laughs> and I was saying, "Yes, and it's actually good." You know, to everything's everything's fine in Quebec. You know, I was saying, "Yeah, and it might be good to actually tune in." You know, <laughs> especially that you, who I'm talking to, is part of a dominant group, white people. You know, it might feel very fine for you, but it might not be for everybody. When you're in a dominant group, that's the privilege. When we talk about privilege, that's the privilege. Is sometimes you don't notice that something's not going right because you have the privilege to not notice. You don't get the aggression or microaggression, as the expression says. You know, mm -hmm. and so it might require of you that you actually slow down and question your assumptions. This is what we do in mindfulness practice. We have an assumption, an assumption that I'm separate, an assumption that I'm worth nothing, an assumption that I'm worth more, and we actually slow down and we notice. We notice that maybe it's an, it's an idea, it's a thought. It might not be the truth. It not, might not be reality. That's why earlier in the practice I was saying, if you're thinking, don't put so much, uh, uh, don't be lost in the thoughts as usual. Be aware that thinking is passing by, that the mind is producing thoughts or not. That's how we start the inquiring about our thoughts. Because first we tend to think our thoughts are a description of reality. If I think I'm a piece of shit, then it's true. You know? And the more I practice, the more I notice, oh, it feels like this, but it's an emotion. It's a take. It's not the reality. I have value. You know? There is value to being. There is a, a right for well-being, you know, for safety, for, for freedom inwardly and outwardly and so I was saying to this person it's, it's actually a sign of mental health to be able to question oneself whatever the oneself is it might be me, it might be us it might be us Quebec City you know? it's actually good to slow down and say there might be ways that uh, we can improve maybe things are really good and maybe they can be even good for everyone or better you know? and so it will need to actually slow down and pay attention yeah 
And so that's uh, the process. So when these people were calling, uh, inviting us to pay attention and see what we can do and in what way we actually uh, allow a system of oppression to be functioning well, a system where we maybe more and more create a bad out of uh, people who are not, don't have that in them. That's not who they are. You know, it's an idea. And so it requires a lot of attention, a lot of stability, a lot of honesty, a lot of concern, a lot of care to do this work. I'll give you an example. I'll give you a few examples of what I notice in me being uh, amalgamation. Is that the word? Mm-hmm. Or Amalgamation is actually m- making, putting things together that don't belong together. That's what I think when I'm saying this, so there might be a better word in English or an exact word for that. But uh, so it's an erroneous view, you know. So this weekend I'm with my old car, and I get stuck in the, in I get stuck in the snow. I'm actually a little bit in the ditch, and it's not really a big problem. It's solvable, you know. But it's very interesting because when I notice, you know, try to move, I try many things, back forward, you know. This, put this there, remove this, try this, something else, and at some point, remove it. It's clear I'm not going to be able to do it alone. At that moment, the inner life becomes really interesting because many things happen because it's really revealed to me that I'm not independent as I love to believe I am, you know. When this is real, I feel shame. It's really interesting. I'm in the car and I'm like, okay, now I'm at the point where I actually need help. You know, I need to. You know, get the neighbor or something, you know, and I'm ashamed. And it takes different colors. For me, I'm a gay man. That's important in the story. Otherwise, you, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> no, I say it, but it, I mean, it's irrelevant. So I'm sitting there in the car and I'm ashamed because I'm not independent, but I'm also ashamed <coughs> because it's all my homophobia internalized comes up. I'm not a man. <coughs> if I was a man, I would not. So do you see how I have a vision that is erroneous? And I, be- I believe in it. Maybe partly, you know, I also not believe in it because I've done my work, you know. But So I feel this. I'm ashamed. I should be independent. I'm not independent. I should be a man. I'm not a man. That's been proven now, you know. It's exposed. It's right there, you know. And also, there's another identity that I have is I'm... Uh, the son of a trucker who's the son of a trucker. <laughs> so I come from a long lineage of, uh, of road uh, people. <laughs> so I'm also a failure in this way, you know, because I can't even, you know, it's not a truck with uh, a trailer, you know, it's just a car, you know, <laughs> and I'm stuck, you know. And so it's very interesting. I'm sitting with this, and I have my tools with me. I have attention. I'm not believing all my thoughts. Because that would be like the perfect spin for self-hatred. You know, it it could just solidify it a little bit more. I'm not a real man. I can't function alone, you know, whatever. But I'm careful. Hold on. My thoughts are not reality. These are old conditioning. You know, I've been told that or understood that in some ways through my little child brain, you know, trying to make sense of the world. I computed that this meant that, and this is how you are when you're like that, you know. And I'm failing to that, you know. And so I, I'm proceeding very uh, carefully. 
with maybe a little humor, a bunch of compassion, of course, you know. And, you know, and I take care of business, and people are, come to help. They're very generous, very, uh, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of things, but it's also joyful and this and that. You know? And so that's what I call, for lack of a better word, word for me, amalgamate. I'm, I'm putting things together that don't belong together. And it's not beneficial. It's not for everyone's benefit. Because I'm not just relaxed when I'm asking for help. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty, and so it's the other. They don't even have to. They, they don't only have to take care of my car. They also have to take care of my emotions. You know? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You get stuck sometimes. Yeah, I know, but you know. And I okay. So they have two jobs now instead of just one. You know. And the car might be nothing, but the guy who's troubled is is even more oppressive. You know. For the, and so you see, so that's why I want to practice mindfulness so I can clear this from the heart and so that it can be easier, that I can actually have freedom when the car is stuck, you know. And about the uh, independence, I want to actually know that I'm, uh, you know, I have money in my pockets, I go buy bread and I really feel like I'm independent, you know. I actually don't know how to grow uh, wheat. <laughs> I don't even know what are the ingredients in bread. I know there are not many, but I'm not sure which one they are, you know. And I couldn't make bread, you know, and I'm totally dependent in all kinds of, in all ways, you know. But I like to believe, and in my society it's been also kind of a, a delusion that's been going around and it's been, you know, well, uh, you know, cultivated that we're independent and we don't need each other and this and that. And so I'm working at clearing that. So that's one way that I'm actually practicing mindfulness, bringing care and attention carefully so that I don't add things that will make more trouble for me and people around me. Yesterday I'm at home uh, on my phone. I'm, uh, I'm uh, looking at the BBC News and in the feed there, there is this uh, news that uh, I'll go with my understanding of what's happening in Parliament or in the Chamber of Lords or something somewhere. There is a woman who maybe is a, a minister of something, is representing or a deputy or something. So has some some role there. There's a woman who who said it says she was woofed at. Somebody woofed while she was speaking. One man, one white man, uh, male, woofed like woof woof while she was speaking in Parliament. So I'm intrigued, and I know that sexism uh, is well and alive, you know. And I know that I can be one contributing factor, and often am. I don't want to, but I've noticed that uh, you know I'm a product of this society too, and so I need to take a lot of care about this. So I'm, I'm going to actually go and see this because I, I want to. I want to maybe notice what the experience was like to be woofed at, you know. And so I start the little video, and in the video, there's this woman who's there, really standing strong and very. Uh, you know, grounded, and she's speaking with a strong voice, clear. Uh, it seems like she really knows what she's talking about, and she's very like, this is like this, this is what's happening, bing, bing, bing. And the gestures also, and, you know, like this one hand that is, uh, you know, this, uh, I took th theater class, and I'm, I have a sense that she's like, she's not doing symmetrical movement all the time, you know, she's like, this is how it is, and this is what you did, and, you know, she's embodied. 
And the thought that crosses my mind as I'm, wat- I'm, as I'm watching this and taking this in, in the first, so at the beginning there's a kind of a joy like this, and at some point there's something where the point is made even more strongly, you know, and suddenly in my mind it's like, well, you know, there's a kind of, uh, who do you think you are, or like, oh my, you know, like a woman doing this, you know, I saw this, and that's a second after the guy goes woof woof. And so, this is mindfulness practice. I could easily go into um, extremes. Extremes of not caring, you know, or believing my thoughts, you know. Who is she to talk like this, you know. You, you don't talk like this when you're a woman, you know. Might not even be aware that, you know, it might be very vague, but a sense that there's something wrong with this person, you know, this woman, you know. So I'm sorry, l- l- watch your inner reaction as you're, t- as you're listening to this. And so I could be in one extreme where I believe my thoughts, and I could be in the other extreme where suddenly I'm the guilty sexist man, and I could collapse and hide and hate myself. I'm trying to practice the middle path. This is the Buddhist path. It's the middle way between the extremes. I'm trying to be conscious. It's not me exactly, but it's happening. It's very important to be responsible and take care of it. I don't have to define myself by what's happening but I have to be awake to what's happening. This is being awake to, so that I can choose to uh, believe this or cultivate this or to actually not act or thought, uh, talk on, uh, on this but allow it to, to be dismantled. So I need to be really attentive. So what I did is I, re- I watched the videos a few times to undo my conditioning, you know, to say, I al- I allow you to speak. I allow you to represent people and to speak in your way about what you have to say. I want to hear what you're saying. I really want to consider the content of your thoughts, you know, and I want you to express them in the way that is right for you, you know. And so I did that a few times. So this, for me, is responsible, is uh, mindfulness in uh, action. And so, in the same way, uh, I've seen uh, other people do uh, mixed things that don't go together, erroneous views. So there was uh, one commentator, (coughs) news anchor on TV, I was watching uh, TV or watching a rerun of that particular moment, where the, the reporter says, in shock, describing like, oh my God, this happened at the temple in Quebec City. And uh, you would have expected the opposite. You would have expected these people to attack us. <coughs> and so and so I thought, you know, like, let's stop here a little bit, you know. How could you expect a university teacher teaching agronomy if that's a word in English, you know, to attack you. And what is the us and them? You know, what? there's a bunch of assumptions in there that are revealed, and I understand this person is live, there's something that just happened, they're a little bit in shock. Yeah? The being themselves, I've seen them for 20 years on TV, they're a caring being. But they're not, yes, they're like, Quebec City is a beautiful city, and it needs to question itself, you know. We need to question ourselves. This man is a good man, all in all, you know. 
And there's a bunch of assumptions there that I've been unchecked. There's a bunch of things. It, it doesn't make sense. It was mind-created. There's nothing that would indicate to you that this person who's an accountant for the co uh, Quebec government who's been invited by the Quebec government from uh, Guinea. Guinea. Is that where the, this person was from, I think? They, they, they were invited. The Quebec government went there you know, invited this person to come here to work. This person is working in the government, is well-loved in the government. How, how, what is, what's happening here? That you, when somebody just been attacked, that you would say, you thought it was you who was going to attack me. This is totally out of, this is, this is us speaking. You might think, oh, it's not me. Well, something like this is at least possible in you if you're not totally awake and conscious of what your thoughts are. You know? That you would actually, um, at the moment where somebody's at, at and this we see often, you know, you, you know, uh, just if we switch it to gender-wise, you know, somebody's attack, and the judge says to the person who's attacked, like, didn't you look for that? You, you created this situation. You know, what? So... Another thing that somebody said was, and I think they were very genuine, and I don't know their intent and the full what's happening in their heart, but they said something like, you know, I'm trying to raise my consciousness, and, and this is what I can do. You know, and it was a kind of a very general statement. I have my opinion about this, but, so I'm going to talk from my point of view. Was my feeling was like this is too general and too new agey, like oh, I'm going to love everybody and it's all fine, you know. I'm going to do my yoga, put my lent, my light on, and then I'm going to sit for a few minutes, you know, and look for bliss, you know, and and uh, be mindful, you know, and it's all going to be okay. That's going to be my participation in the world. Well, no, I don't think so. We're going to have to be a little bit more attentive to, than that and a little bit more precise than that. I hope it's okay that I say that. Because mm -hmm. otherwise it's too, like it feels good. Like I love everybody and, you know, I regular, I personally, I go in yoga studios all the time and in beautiful places where we're in silence and I don't think it's enough. I think I'm going to have to be very precise and pay attention to what's happening in the different situations in my society. So my mindfulness has go is going to have to be applied a little bit more than kind of a general idea of well-being, you know, of inner well-being, and that should be enough to fix things. It's probably not. It's not. I don't think so. And so what I'm saying here, what I'm trying to say, is that the practice that we're learning here is applicable to every area of our life. Every aspect of our life is worthy of careful, balanced, honest, caring attention. So my inner life is, that's why I sit every day, because I pay attention to this system. This system here has the capacity to create trouble for itself. It has also the capacity to liberate itself. That's why I pay attention to this little system. 
a system of two beings, being a parent and a child, uh, na- two neighbors, two partners, have the capacity to create a lot of suffering for itself and also has the capacity to heal and support itself. So has the larger community. It has all the tools to create harmony and safety and protection for all of its members. And it also has all the tools to create a lot of disharmony and abuse and uh, dominance. And, uh, and so we need to be extremely careful. And my sense is the work is never done because things are so shifting all the time. There's always new conditions and new things happening. So I'm talking about this uh, from um, uh, because I'm giving a voice. I'm given a voice. Yeah, I'm like uh, I'm here, so and I'm supposed to talk. So I'm, I feel like it's right to talk about this, but I'm not talking about this from a. I'm talking about this humbly, and I know that I'm in a particular location where I'm actually uh, in a dominant group a lot of the time. You know, I'm in Quebec. I'm a French speaker. I'm a man. Almost. Uh, I'm white. There's many things that makes me... uh, It would be easy for me to not notice a lot of things because it's very easy for me to go around. Uh, On top of this, I'm an extrovert. seems like the world might be made a little bit more for us, you know. So so there's many things that make me unaware, but I feel I've even... Then I have the responsibility to tune in even more because there's so many things that I'm not going to be exposed to uh, if I'm uh, oblivious and uh, habitual in, uh, in my assumptions. And I know some of you are doing this work much more than I do. I've thought about this more deeply than I do, but I'm the one given the voice today and try to bring the Buddhist uh, thoughts, te- techniques, and wisdom in, uh, in that field. So I don't know if there is... Uh, questions or comments or yeah thank you so much Uh, what Pascal was just talking about the idea of applied mindfulness struck me as extremely important right now and so valuable because um, as we're talking about this and as we're talking about what happened in (coughs) Quebec City and in the current atmosphere what's going on globally and in the United States uh, and everywhere really Um, I was thinking we have more responsibility than ever before for the words that come out of our mouths and it's very difficult particularly at times like recently uh, to speak mindfully I have a great deal of difficulty doing it because I respond just like all of us to you know what we see, and we want to blame somebody. We want to blame somebody for what they are doing that might you know be creating ripples in the environment that may have resulted in what happened in Quebec City. So we don't know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. When I was a little girl. So your main message in a couple of sentences. What is your main message? Um, I want to say I have to say very quickly when I was a little girl I lived with a family of 
Pakistani people. My family shared a house with Pakistani people, UNESCO, United Nations people. I know uh, these are people like anyone else. When I see what's happening, the division that's, the splitting going on, the, the, the fear that, we, that everyone feels, the horror when we see violence happening, and we think, oh, that culture must be like that, and our environment reinforces that, we tend to respond with fear yeah. rather than understanding and seeing why people are doing that. So the thing is, we're, we have this great ambivalence, and one thing about being mindful is one thing about learning mindfulness and learning to speak mindfully is learning not to conform, I think, to one particular ideology or another. And this is a great challenge because we want to belong somewhere instead of being self-possessed. I wonder if you have any ideas about how to sort of withdraw our, you know, desire to agree with somebody just to mm -hmm. take sides and scapegoat, to be mindful and self-possessed and in possession of our senses. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in the Buddhist thinking and practices, it's a lot about uh, being aware of uh, harm, possible harm, harm done for oneself and others. So that's, it always turns around this. And in terms of uh, taking sides or having views, the Buddha was not against views from what I understand and what I was taught. He actually had a lot of views. You know, when he talked to people, he said, uh, often, I don't agree, this is wrong thinking, this is not the right way to think about this. And so, but he also said something very interesting, and I might have uh, talked about this here, he said, he seemed to have said that uh, views should lead to quietness, to balance of mind, to, to peace, you know. So that's very interesting, because a lot of the times our views are actually uh, make us... Uh, you know, triggered and excited and uh, and angry and feel very strong and difficult emotions. And so the practice around views and opinion is not to not have any sides, is to actually have one and notice if it's harming or, or, uh, or not self and others. So that's one thing. And the other thing is how it's held. Is it held in wisely? so that I can have a conversation with somebody and disagree with views without me getting all worked up and losing my health, because that's what's happening, either mental or physical health, you know. And, uh, and so, uh, because my sense is in times like th these here, we need to s take strong stand, you know, and not say like, oh, it's all equivalent, or I'm not going to take side. We're invited to actually take side and say, I actually don't agree with this. You know, and but in a way that won't be harmful for ourselves and other others, and that's a practice. And it's uh, I don't think it's easy. Like it's easy to present the ideas about it, you know, but to actually live it in action is uh, is very. And I agree with you. Speech is extremely powerful, and to practice mindfulness speech, there are some instructions. There's the instruction of not never using speech that is harsh or uh, abusive, that's already a huge challenge. So can you have your clear view, and it might be an opposing view, without it being uh, violently uh, exposed? Uh, 
is it truthful what you're saying? You know, are you trying to hide something or get something? You know? um, what are the other indications? Is it um, yeah creating division, or is it creating healing? You know, how can it do that? And so, and there's actually something that. Um, I don't know very well, but I've been hearing about talking about in the activist world is uh, is this thing about instead of calling out uh, somebody is to call them in, mm. and I can't say much about it because I've done not studied it. M maybe you know more. I see. I just I really resonate with yeah. that. It's very aggressive. Like I call you out. I'm putting. It's almost more divisive. Exactly. Because you're you're criticizing. <laughs> and how can you invite somebody to reflect more deeply to about the the uh, you know the effect of their words and stuff like this and this is very uh, difficult things to do i don't think i i can claim that i can do that you know sometimes after a lot of reflection but usually it's after i called out or after I <laughs> I've, you know i've made a mistake then i can say oh there was another way to do it maybe you know and it's uh, no I, i no sometimes i think i can actually do that but Certainly not all of the time, and so uh, these are some rules, some instructions around uh, speech. Speech is extremely uh, powerful. We see it these days with alternative facts and all kinds of things are happening with speech that create worlds of uncertainty of what's real, what's not real. Anybody else? Anything else? Yeah. can probably be a, a mix of both. So if we do this, my, th this is just, again, personal um, exchange here, you know. So, so if we do this, if we stop and say, what happened in this person's life for them to do this? I think it's a beautiful process. But I think then it makes us, we're obliged, we're, we're, we, we're responsible to do this with any other people doing any terrorist act. So if we do this just with white people, or people that looks like us or speak our language, because that's a tendency that we've seen, you know, where when white people attack others, we say it's a person that's mentally ill, you know, or not well, you know, and things happen to them to explain that. But then when somebody from, a, from a, another culture or from not the dominant culture like the dominant white culture does that, then we don't I rarely hear people questioning, like, what happened for this person to rad radicalize, ra become radical like this, you know? So I'm willing to go there, but it means that I'm going to have to go there every time. So, so, so that's my first response to that. And another response also is that we look at this, and even er in the early hours, there seems to be this person has been a victim of bullying, And apparently, what I've read also is that it's often the case that people who do that have been bullied before. And so that's, that might be 
very well be an effect of being ostracized or oppressed is uh, a response like this one, you know, where one learns to oppress also, you know, but in this case in an, extre in an extreme way, going uh, towards terrorism and uh, creating terror, you know, so that's terrorism. So that might be the answer too for people who are not wanting or not like us. Why they end up becoming terrorists? I'm not getting an answer. On yeah, this, uh, might very well, well be. A mm -hmm. big topic. Yeah, it's huge, and we're not going to solve anything no. today. But we can we can ask questions and talk about this. Thank you. Thanks. I wonder if it... Sorry? Uh, yeah, actually, my phone is right here. <laughs> so I'm wondering if we um, shouldn't end as 10 minutes left, if we shouldn't go back a little bit in silence and just see how these words... Uh, Lend in the heart and mind, and uh, and uh, what happens. So, it would not be thinking more about. It would be pausing and feeling. So that's what mindfulness, uh, what uh, meditation actually is. You know. so pausing and just feeling what is there, not explaining, not trying to feel something else, but allowing what is there to be known and experienced. And in that, we're cultivating the capacity to be where we are, feeling what we feel, and to hold it wisely. Not having to uh, dismiss, deny, or act upon. Connecting with our own humanity now, it's well and alive. And <coughs> it's taken this form now, these tinglings, these sensations, attentions, or this mood, whatever it, it is.
invite you to particularly notice <clears throat> well first if there is mindfulness or if there is mindlessness the mind is gone caught lost fascinated by a story and or if it's uh, if there is presence if there is a certain quality of presence and if there is uh, is that presence Kind does it, does it have kindness to it? Kindness, when it meets uh, what is difficult, becomes compassion. So, if it's difficult for you for some reason to be here now, be in the body or be in the heart, is it possible to be present to that difficulty and to care? to accompany this. When kindness meets what is uh, easeful, beautiful, pleasant, it can actually uh, rejoice, appreciate, allow, feel fully. If what is happening is rather neutral, not particularly pleasant or unpleasant, if there is attention and kindness, the mind won't become uh, demanding that something else happens, something pleasant or more rich or more intense.
So through our careful attention, may we uh, be able to notice, become conscious of our own biases, and the ones that are detrimental to ourselves, biases we have against ourselves. And also become aware of the biases we have against any situation or people. May that be revealed and liberated so that we can feel free and also be able to offer protection around us and gain access to joy and clarity and care and benevolence and be able to inhabit a world that will be colored by these qualities and produce them around. May our practice be for the benefit of all beings, none uh, excluded. Maybe we can, uh, if we want to, dedicate the fruits of our practice today, whatever has been developed in terms of wisdom or awakening factors, dedicate this to uh, the memory of those who have been killed uh, Sunday evening and to uh, the healing their families, they have a long, long road ahead of them. May they be uh, well accompanied and protected. Thank you so much. Thanks. <clears throat> this is the form it took today. I hope uh, it can be okay with you. Uh, as you come out, you'll see there is two boxes. One is to uh, support the center here, who's offering the space for us to meet, gather, and reflect and practice. So, in the old Buddhist tradition, it's uh, we say the teachings are un- invaluable, but we. Uh, we want to make them available to anyone. And so uh, by not charging a fee, we make this uh, uh, possible for... That's one of the ways, probably not the only one, but one of the ways that it makes it more uh, uh, possible for, uh, for all of us uh, with our different uh, financial means to be here. And so supporting the center is a very be- beautiful and wise uh, response to the uh, way to be. There's also a box for the teacher in the same, it's the same situation that applies. So, uh, so thank you for uh, supporting uh, the center and moi. <laughs> and uh, this has been actually working out for 2,600 years. So it's quite amazing to be in the lineage of people who, who um, generously or intentionally support uh, each other and the aliveness of these teachings. So thanks for that. And I'll see you again in the March, huh? Okay, so March 15. Maybe we'll see you again. Anyway, it's not in February for sure. Thank you.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.